Well, this morning, um, I continue the infamous series that is uh, broken up by months. Uh, and so a little review for those of you that may not have been here. Uh, we'll try and, try and catch you up. One of our core values here at our church is we say that we, are, we believe that we're transformed spiritually when we embrace challenges together. And essentially, I have been hitting this point over and over again that Grace Point Church, we're better together. Uh, the, the thought that together we can accomplish so much more than we could on our own. Now, isn't that true in life as well? We can do things better when we are together. A family can do things better when they're together. They can, they can accomplish more. As a team, you can accomplish much more than you could as an individual. And as a church, representing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ everywhere we go, it takes all of us, not just one of us. And so as a result, we've been hitting this over and over and over again, that we are better together. And some of the, some of the things that make up uh, us being better together is that we really truly desire that Grace Point Church be a place where no one walks alone. If we believe, and we do, and it's actually printed on the front of our bulletin, those paper things that we're talking about, every story, what, matters. Every story matters. Why does every story matter? Because the creator of the universe has written every one of them. The creator of the universe stepped down and breathed life into us, and we live and breathe. Those of us that are inside this building and those of us that are outside of this building, we all have the ability to do this because of God. And we are created and fashioned in his image, broken as we are, messed up as some of us are. And I'll be the first to stand in line. Yeah, that's, that's, that's me. We all have problems. We all have issues. We all have struggles. We have been corrupted by sin, yet created beautifully by our loving Father, made in his image. And so as a result, every story matters. And we want this place to be known, both inside the walls and outside of the walls, that if you come here and together, we can walk together with, through anything. This is a place where no one walks alone. Part of... Uh, uh, our series, as we've emphasized this, is a quote from Francis Schaeffer. Schaeffer says this, Our relationship with each other walking together is the criterion that the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. Christian community is the final apologetic. Isn't that what Jesus Christ said? Hey, people are going to know you're Christians by the way that you love each other. Another thought is that Grace Point Church, this is a place where we should serve, or excuse me, stand together. And we kicked off our vacation Bible school talking about standing together and how there are different elements uh, in our Christian experience together that help us stand strong for God, prayer and family and reading the scriptures and whatnot. Good, good thoughts for us. The last time that I spoke, we covered the area and the idea that Grace Point Church is a place where we can serve together. And we talked about this as a quote from Rick Warren. Rick says this, we serve God when we serve others, but we serve better when we serve together. Once again, over and over and over, we've, we're hitting the point that we as a church are absolutely better together. 
And isn't that what Jesus Christ prayed? If you were to go, in your mind, those of you that have been raised in church, Jesus' final big prayer for his disciples and his church was that his disciples would be unified and that his church would be together. Why? If we're together and we're unified following him, he says all world will know that God loves them. What an awesome privilege it is to be better together, to represent Christ together. And I don't know about you, but last week as Pastor Tim spoke to us and he reminded us that we celebrate what we value. My heart was touched. Thank you, Tim, for, for, for that. My heart was, was, was touched as we looked into the scriptures and looked at Psalm 150, where over and over, over again, there's, there's this call from the psalmist to praise God with everything that we have. There's this call to give everything that we have in praise to our God. Why do we do that? Because we value what God is. We value who he is. We value what he has done for us. Isn't that true? Don't we value this God? Don't we value this God? You don't know where I'm going. I love that. Don't we value this God? Yes, we do. I love this time of year. I've, I've seen it all over Facebook this whole, this whole weekend. It's good. You know, people are going crazy. Why is it? Because it is fall, and what is starting? School is starting. Yes, and so everybody's excited about that. No, 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 no. My Facebook, <laughs> my Facebook friends are, it's, 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 I, oh, no, it's not hectic. <laughs> well, yeah, it is, but it's, it's time when people start to turn on their television again and watch football. You know, I know we've got a lot of baseball fans, and no offense to you, you know, we, but the Phillies and enough said. Um, <laughs> I just have a hard time. I really, I really, I really told my wife, I said, hey, you know, I, we're going to root for the local team. And <laughs> so I did, you know, but it didn't work out very well. Um, all my friends, especially from. You really can't understand it unless you've been there from down south. You know, football is like church. It's unbelievable. They're just crazy. And that's all it was. It was it, like I have one particular friend, uh, Ronnie and Aileen. They're big Alabama fans. I'm sorry. Can I even say that here? <laughs> they're, they're, they're huge Alabama fans. And like throughout the whole game, they were taking pictures of each other and posting it on Facebook and, you know, Ooh, oh, I slipped out and I missed another touchdown. Oh, what a terrible thing. And, and pictures of them kissing and they have their, 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 their Alabama guard. I'm just like, are you kidding me? Another thing? This is ridiculous. Yesterday, Bryce and I were sitting in the, the living room and he turned on the TV for the first time in a long time. And um, we enjoyed something that I really enjoy. Well, I enjoy the football thing too, but uh, the real football uh, on... Uh, uh, NBC is now showing, did you know this? This is so exciting. NBC is showing part of the Premier League. Isn't that great? <laughs> and we can watch, you know, European classic football. Oh, it's, so, it's such a beautiful game. <clears throat> it's that time of year. We celebrate what we value, don't we? I want to give you a taste. Can I just give you a taste? It's, it's just a minute. Just, just a minute. I want you to see this. And I want you to think about this. 
the world truly celebrates what it values. And all across the world yesterday, and coming up in a few weeks, every Sunday, they are going to celebrate what they value. And this is what, just, just a taste of what some European cities go through and some American cities go through. It's invigorating to me. They are celebrating what they value. Now, where I'm going with this is not that we get our holy hankies out and start shouting in church. I'm not, it's, 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 not, it's, it's not where I'm going, although Greg may want to, okay? It's a good, it's a good thing. That's a good, that's a good thing, okay? Um, I, I'm not, not celebrating that we all, you know, chant and, and, you know, and do the, the endless Florida State thing. Just endless over and over and over again. But I've been chewing on this thought <clears throat> that Tim shared last week from, from John Piper. Piper says, I'm orthodox in my doctrine. I believe what I'm supposed to believe. I believe this wholeheartedly. I'm, I'm conservative in my approach to the scripture. I'm historical, you know, grammatical, follow to the letter. This is what it is. But I am charismatic in my affections. And if we could borrow some of that passion that we just saw, if we could infuse our lives with some of that passion, I don't know any other way to say that, as we live our lives, oh, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, what could we do on Monday through Saturday? if we fueled up on Sunday like they do. First of all, I'd be very, very tired. Okay, I got to understand that. But this caused me to think, what is underneath all of that? And as I reflect on all those Facebook posts and the people that I've talked to, I heard it all over the place, everywhere that I went uh, and, and, and talked with people. I actually do that. I go places and I talk with people at the store and the gas station and whatnot. I engage with people and there was this, it, it was weird. You know, everybody was talking about football. 
and, and how excited they were about, you know, some people were just like, oh, I can't wait, can't stand Penn State. You know, and there was, we have one in the back that is expressing that a lot. We have others that are, are expressing how, how, how excited they are for this. And I, and I honestly thought this. In my heart, I really do feel that way about my church. I don't, I don't, I don't express it. I'm not standing on the, on, on, on the pew and, and, and going crazy and scaring people. <laughs> because I think if, if, if we invited some guests to come in here and we were doing some of that stuff, you know, with a, with a towel and everything, we may scare some people away. But if we were really, truly charismatic with our love, our affection, what is underneath that, what is underneath all that stuff that's going on, is people just love football. I heard it over and over. I just love it. I love this time of year. I love it whenever we get together and we eat food together and we go into the stadium and there's this excitement and the band is playing. And who wouldn't like that? It's a wonderful thing. It's a fantastic thing. Together, they're doing something and there's energy and excitement and it carries them from week to week to week to week. And as I thought about that, I thought, you know, Grace Point Church, love is the fuel. Underneath all that stuff, love is the fuel for our journey together. And if we love God and if we love each other, that will ignite that same kind of passion in us and through us. If we were to go and visit and be able to talk with the people of the Old Testament, and we were to enter into their world, this is pretty interesting. They would, if we would enter into their world and we would ask the people of the Old Testament, particularly the Israelites, what is the fuel that drives you? What is it that is most important, most likely, they would take you to a scripture passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And it would go something like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, <clears throat> with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be what? Where are they to be? In your heart. They're to be in my heart. Hmm. Impress them on your children. Talk about them everywhere. When you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, tie them as symbols to your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. That love for God was a fuel for the children of Israel. When they faced uncertain days, when they, say, they faced victorious times, when they were persecuted, when they were enslaved, that fueled them and allowed and it carried them through tough and great times as well. That love for God that consumed them. Sure, they were human. Sure, they screwed up. Sure, sure they, did, they did all kinds of stuff just like us. That's why we see ourselves in the pages of the Old Testament. If we were to go and visit in the time that Jesus Christ was walking here on this earth, one man did do that. And he approached Jesus and said this to Jesus. Jesus, what is the most important thing of all the commands? We, we've got all these commands. And, and, and he was trying to trick Jesus. 
And in Mark chapter 12, Jesus comes to him and says this. The most important one is the one that you guys believe wholeheartedly. Love the Lord your God with everything that you have. And I'm going to add to it. There's another, another little obscure one that's tucked away in Leviticus. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is the most important. And as Jesus walked and gained a following and he taught this, this is what drove Jesus. Why was Jesus here on this earth? Yeah, he had a, he had a, a plan and a purpose that was from eternity past. It was obeying the Father. He came to die. He came to sacrifice himself for us. Beautiful, amazing love that drove him. If you're to go and ask anybody in any church probably what the most popular verse in the, in the Bible, what would it be? What do you think? What's going on in your mind? John 3, 16. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. He loved so much that he was willing to kill his own son for our redemption. God loved the world so much that he was willing to sacrifice himself for us. You want to talk about fuel that carried somebody while he was here on this earth? What incredible love. And I mentioned this earlier. As Jesus is facing the cross, as Jesus is about to go and sacrifice himself, he says, disciples, at the Last Supper, he's giving some incredible teaching. And the book of John gives us this in John chapter 13. He says, I want you to know, I'm going to give you a new command, okay? The biggest and greatest one is what? Love God with everything you have. Love your neighbor as yourself. But I, I, want, I, want, to, I want to include something else. Do this. A new command I give to you. Love one another. Love one another. As I have loved you, how did Jesus love them? How did Jesus love them? Jesus stepped out of eternity past, stepped out of the Trinity, and became man, and enrobed himself in flesh, and became a helpless infant, born to a little Jewish girl, submitted himself to the, her authority, to Joseph's authority. The creator, can you imagine that? The creator of the world submitting himself. What love, what sacrifice. Entrusted himself into this young woman. <sighs> and was willing to walk the dusty streets. Was willing to, to, to gather together a ragtag band of no one. Ordinary people, or fishermen, guys that didn't have, they were ordinary, normal people, fishermen, farmers, a, a tax collector that was worse than a sinner, and chose them and reached down and said, I love you. I'm going to choose you. Come follow me. I think you can be like me. And he taught them and invested into them. And what they didn't know, what they fully didn't understand, even then when he was teaching them, was that in just a few hours, 
he was literally going to lay down his life and take upon himself the sin of all mankind, past and present. What love. But before I'm going to do this, I want to give you a new command. Don't just love God with everything that you have. Don't just love your neighbor as yourself. Love each other like I have loved you. That's sacrificial. That's intentional. That is going the extra mile. That is a call to be together and to accept each other and to love each other and to forgive each other and to pour grace into each other just like Jesus did. And he says, as I've loved you, so you must love one another. And this is the way that the world will know that you're one of mine. This is the way, the way that you love will be the way that everybody will know, oh, he's a Christ follower. Oh, that's that's a Christian. Wow, they love so well. They love so well, they must be a Jesus freak, a Jesus follower. As I continued to read, I went to the book of Ephesians. Take your Bibles, and I want you to turn there. If you don't have a Bible, there's one near you. It's either page 948 or 1175, or excuse me, 1135. 948 or 1135. Once you find Ephesians chapter 3, I want you to put your finger in it or put a bulletin in it and shut it. And we'll get to there. As I was reading, not in Ephesians, I'm messing with you, in Galatians. Galatians was a church, another church that Paul wrote to. And the Galatian people got confused about what this beautiful thing called the gospel was. Some people came along after Paul and started to add to the gospel. Okay, you believe that Christ, you're saved by grace through faith. It's all of grace. It's all of God. And some teachers came behind him and came to the Galatians and said, oh, no, you have to add. You've got you've you've to do some extra stuff in order to get that, that gold star. You have to get this, some extra stuff in order to be approved of by God. You have to wear the three-piece suit. You have to read the right kind of Bible. You have to listen to the right kind of stuff. You have to, it's all about circumcision and uncircumcision. You got you, you have to follow some of this law that was given. And Paul is just like, absolutely not. Don't do this. He says, are you so ignorant of the truth? That's, I mean, how he starts off the, the, the letter to, to the church at Galatia. And after Paul goes through defeating these arguments in chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, he comes and he boils this whole Christian experience down to one thing. And I just want to pull this out and think about this. For in Christ Jesus, Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision has any value. The bottom line, the only thing that counts is faith that expresses itself through love. Wow, sounds very, very familiar to what Jesus taught. The bottom line is that we got to love God, love others, and love each other. I love the CEV version of it. It says, if you're a follower of Christ of Jesus, all that matters is your faith that makes you love others. So, Grace Point Church, 
we certainly believe that we are better together, don't we? Don't we? Grace Point Church, <laughs> don't we believe that we are better together? Thank you. Okay? If we're better together, we should be a church where no one walks alone, right? We should be a place where we can serve together, right? Together, we should be a place where we can stand strong together, right? But we should also be a place that is driven, that is fueled by an incredible love, a love for God, a love for people that we don't even know, our neighbors, our neighbors. Now, some of you are going, oh, I know my neighbor. I've been living next to them for 35 years. Good for you, okay? But our neighbor is not just the person that lives beside us or our family that lives beside us or the next three farms, you know, this is my family, my uncle, my, you know, okay? I get that. I understand that, okay? But there's a little parable that Jesus gave and he talked, you know, about the, the good Samaritan, okay? Just passing by there on the road and there... The bottom line is, who's my neighbor? Everybody's our neighbor. We're responsible to love everybody. So love God completely, everything, passionately. Oh, yes. Love everybody. That you come to everybody? Yes. Everybody? Everybody? Are you kidding me? Everybody? Is that what the scripture says? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Wow. A new command I give you. Don't just love everybody. Love each other. I think that's interesting. Because Jesus is talking about loving everybody. Well, who should be included in everybody? Everybody. But then he turns to the disciples and says, hey, I want to give you a new one. You got to love each other. Why would he say that? Because sometimes some of the people that we walk closest to can disappoint us. Can you imagine how John felt when he found out that Peter denied Christ? Can you imagine how that hurt? Okay, let's not even go to where Jesus, how Jesus felt. Can you imagine how they felt when they understood? Because the scripture says they didn't have a clue. They're sitting around the table the last time, and Jesus is just like, okay, here, we're dipping the things together, and the one that's going to betray me, we're dipping together, and they're just like, huh, what? And one of their own, Judas, betrays them. I wonder what those conversations we're like a couple days after that as they meet and they're together and they're afraid and Jesus has died and he's gone and what in the world? We don't know. How many of you have ever been betrayed by anyone? It hurts. It hurts. And Jesus comes and says, hey, I got a new command for you. Love each other. Love each other. Everybody will know that you're one of mine. And I'm going to pray for you in a little bit. And I'm going to pray that you can stay together. You can stay unified because the whole world will know that I, that God the Father loves them by the way that you love each other. That's powerful. That togetherness is absolutely powerful. So, okay, what's the point? Love, love God, love our neighbor, love each other. Okay, what's the big deal? I think it goes a whole lot further. I think if we truly grasp this, it would change the way that you and I live our lives. It would absolutely change the way that we live our lives. I want to introduce you to someone 
a father and a son and a mother that together have, has done some incredible things. That together did something that everybody in the world would turn to them and say, you can't do it. You can't do it. But together, they did. And what was underneath it, what was underneath all of this, was a father and a mother that says, we love. We love. I want to introduce you to Rick and Dick Hoyt.
when I first saw this, I came across it, and I, I, I watched this. I, I watched in awe. And then whenever I saw the together theme going, I was just like, this is for a church. Oh, gosh, thank you, Lord. There are many other videos that are posted on YouTube. I'll post some on my Facebook page uh, this afternoon. But Rick, <laughs> excuse me, Dick the dad said that Rick is the true athlete. He says, I, on my own, I, I couldn't do this at all. And he says, in fact, I... I gain strength. He says, I feel like it passes from him to me as we do this together, and I can run faster. Their best marathon was 30 minutes off of the world record. They've never come in last. The very first race that they ran in, he came in next to last, and that was the, only, that was the worst that they, they ever did that first time. And he says, and I, I shook for two weeks. I couldn't hardly walk because it was so hard because they didn't have a special wheelchair designed. He says, then we went and we had a, a friend who welded some stuff together. And why does he do that? Because he loves his son. And because it makes his son feel like he's not handicapped. And when I think about that I'm the handicapped son, broken, full of flaws, and yet I have a father who carries me, who loves me, will push me when I can't go on my own, that will carry me when I can't walk on my own. I have a father who died for me. They're strengthened together with him. But as I look around here, and I see that every story matters, and that God has taken the story of our life and woven them beautifully together. When I'm struggling, you lift me. When you're struggling, you lift me. We lift each other. We're better together. And what fuels all of this is love for God, loving other people, and loving our family, our church family, loving each other. And that's why Paul, take your Bibles. Paul says this. This is incredible. In Ephesians chapter 3, he says this as he wraps up the closing of his incredible teaching. He says this. In verse 14, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family, that's togetherness, in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he can, what, strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray for you. Who's he writing to? He's writing to individuals in a church. He's writing to a local church. He's writing to us. I pray that you being rooted and established in what? In love. May have the power with who? Together with all the saints. To grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. 
and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And then he says in chapter 4, now go live as a representative of that. Go live a life of love. Go live a life of humility. Go live a life that isn't the way you used to live before you came to know Christ. And one day, one day, if that's not fuel for you now, one day, one day, the book of Revelation describes it like this. They sang a new song. And Greg, you took me here this morning. You're worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals, Revelation chapter 5. Because you were slain with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you've made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on earth. And I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands. And they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in a loud voice, they sang together, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that's in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever and ever and ever. One final passage. When it's all done, Revelation 21 verse 5, he says this, he who is seated on the throne. That's our God, that's our Father, that's Jesus. He who is seated on the throne said, I'm making it all new. I'm making it all new. That's full gospel, fulfilled. I'm making it all new. Write this down, for these, are, these words are trustworthy and true. He says, it is done. I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all of this. It's beautiful. This incredible love for God. This generous love for others. And this love that we must have for each other. How do we do this? That's the fuel. That's the fuel for this journey together. Because Grace Point Church, we are so much better when we're together. And that's why on Sunday mornings, not because I'm an employee, not because I'm a pastor, but I wake up early on Sundays. And I get here early because I can't wait to see you and I want to talk with you and sometimes I need to hear from you and I can't wait for the band to lift us up I can't wait to hear the stories around the table in Sunday school I can't wait to be challenged and encouraged by this preaching of the word so that I can go from here and I can walk my journey, but I don't walk it alone. And when I may feel like I'm completely alone, I got Jesus with me 
no matter what. And when I'm literally physically alone, I got Jesus with me. But it's so much better when I'm together with you guys. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to breathe on the coals, the embers in our hearts. And Lord, may we take a lesson from Rick and Dick Hoyt. May we take a lesson from your word and truly understand, Lord, that that love that we have for each other, that love that you have for us, that love that we have is the fuel that drives our passion, that literally changes the way that we live, that changes the way that we think. And Lord, as you have called us to follow you, oh God, help us to love each other. Help us to love well. And as we follow you, Lord, I pray that we'll be marked as a people that are incredible lovers. Christ's name we pray. Amen.